Hey everybody, welcome to Beats, Rye, and Types. I'm AQ, and... I'm MRB. The first theme of our, our new podcast is first experiences, and we're just going to talk today about kind of what our first experiences are with food and with programming. MRB, what was what was your first... What got you into programming, or what was your first experience with with code? My first experience with code was um, when we got our first computer when I was really young. I was six, so I was one of the very lucky people to be able to have access to a computer at a very young age. Um, what kind of computer was it? It was a uh, Tandy uh, from Radio Shack, 1986. So it was uh, had no hard drive. Uh, it had a it had a floppy disk drive, and that's all. And um, a you know a very primitive operating system and pretty much it felt like code from the beginning right like that was how the whole interface was so it was sort of right away i was familiar with the idea of typing some very weird instructions into <laughs> this funny white box that had so it was two two color a monitor green and black and uh yeah figuring out how to use that thing and uh Putting together the first code in BASIC were my, was my first memory of uh, of seeing code and writing code and sort of somehow had an intuition about the difference between like, you know, you put instructions in over here in the OS and that's kind of different than these other instructions that you put into a program and that was the kind of first thing that I remember about like understanding a little bit about how the computer worked. What about you? Yeah, similar. Um, I, my dad bought, uh, he was also very like early into computers. I think he did a bunch of computer programming in college, like old, you know, punch card style programming because he was a nerd. Um, he ended up not doing anything with computers, but he was just a nerd. So he did that type of stuff. And he was always on the cutting edge of technology even though I don't know, I don't. I mean, just because he was interested in it, not because he actually needed it or did anything with it. But he he bought a K Pro two, which was like this giant. My, I think my dad still has it because the, they're kind of hoarders, so they have everything that's still <laughs> there. But yeah, he, he had like a. Um, it was like this giant silver box, right? It was like. It was silver with blue on the side. I still have such a strong memory of it. And the keyboard like folded down from the front. And it was two – it had two – like that was the revolution. It had two five and a quarter inch floppy drives. So nice. like you could, you could load the OS on one drive and then load programs on the other. And um, I remember, yeah, like what we used it for – was basically playing games. Like that's all that that's all that was important about. That's all that I cared about. So wait, the CRT game. was like built into it, or the CRT? Yeah, it was like the CRT on the left side, and then two floppies oh, right. on the right, and then it was like this big silver box, and it was um, it was so heavy, but you had to like move it or like you had to move it around because. Was it like a business computer or it was like a pre-built hobby computer or what? I'm pretty sure it was like just a yeah, – I'm pretty sure it was marketed to the home, you know. But it was like for, as a word processor probably, you know. And 
my parents used it as that. And actually, I have a very strong memory of also my mom writing her, like, master's thesis either on it or on, on another one of our very early computers and it, like, dying, like, in that, you know, in, like, PCU oh. when the computer dies, like, <laughs> it was exactly like that. And I remember her, like, freaking – that was, like, one of my first memories of, like – of such strong emotion from my parents. Um, it was like fear, fear and disturbance when she thought she lost her master's thesis. And luckily my dad like figured out how to get it from like a backup. And, oh, wow. But it was, that was bad. But yeah, that was, I, I remember like we had Ski, like Ski was the first game we played on, on, uh, on that K-Pro, like which was just literally like, you know, pipes moving, pipe, keys like characters moving back and forth and just a v a v moving between them yeah and i remember my dad showing me how to like that it was a program and that you could edit the program because it was all just on that floppy drive and we edited it and we turned the v into like an o or something like that and that was like a super i was like after that i was kind of hooked i was like blown away by the fact that you could like change this thing and you know do something on the computer like that and that it was that powerful that you could like just create something so easily and and build something like that even though it was just like a, a v i don't know but it seemed it seemed mind-blowing at the time yeah i remember uh the first time i did that on like a on a more regular basis was uh Around that time or a couple of years later, my brother uh, uh, used to download stuff from PBSs and we used to have, you know, like demo scene demos and stuff on our computers. And they used to come with executable, like readme executables, right? So I figured, yeah. I figured out that you could like edit, copy the executable and edit it. And like I would just edit the binary and like change the text. And then like execute the program and like scroll scroll it up and down because <laughs> it had my text in it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we used to edit like other uh, text games that were on there, like the Drug Wars game and oh, whatever yeah, and course. stuff like that. So. Did you do any uh, TI eighty three programming? I did. I did actually. That was uh, that was a, you know so that was six or seven years later. But I did. I did a bunch of stuff. I did. Uh, I was telling this story. I was telling the story the other day to a couple friends of mine that um, the best program that we ever made was the the fake erasing program because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. at our school they we could use those calculators but you would have to come and uh, the teacher would walk around and you would have to show the screen to see that you had erased the memory of the of the of the calculator so you couldn't just like put formulas in and stuff that you were supposed to memorize. So I made a program that loaded a screen where I just pixel copied the 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 screen that said it was erased and showed it to her when she walked around, and that was the best program that I made. Yeah. <laughs> but we made games too. Yeah, it was. I I was thinking about that the other day too, like how much effort it was to program one of those things, and how much, literally how much time I spent doing, like, the most inane stuff on one of those, uh, programs. like, I actually bought, like, a, I was, I was obsessed, and I was, like, convinced that I could, like, 
I don't know, like make games that I could sell for it or something ridiculous. And so I actually, that was like early days of eBay too. When when that was when I was in high school and programming TI eighty three, and I got like one of those cables that you could actually like load programs from a computer, like oh, a yeah. serial cable. And I had to buy it on eBay or whatever. Nice. We did that and at our school too. You had then you could like program in text edit or whatever or Notepad. Even now, like I remember how painful it was. I'm sure, and even that is like far less painful than you know what early computers like. We we take we took for granted even then that there was like this small computer that we could program. You know, I thought but it was I, really amazing, and I yeah. knew I kind of knew I was like, man, this really this is a terrible thing to do to write these programs. Like there <laughs> has to be some like better there way has to, to be do something it. better. Because we yeah. would just, it was all like, it was all like go-tos and, you yeah. know, copying yeah. and pasting. I don't think there were any functions or any, like, real abstractions to use. It was just procedural and go-to and like, that's it, There were, it, like, right? sub-programs, if I remember. Like, you could, like, write a separate program and execute a sub-program. Oh, okay. Like, but it was, which could be, like, a function, but I don't think you could actually, like, pass arguments to it. It was more just, like... You know, then you could separate if you were doing like drug wars or something like that. You could separate like long blocks of text. <laughs> yeah. By, by this, right. You could like include stuff. separate programs. But yeah, I remember being like, man, well, hmm, I definitely can't have like three options here because then I have to <laughs> write out like the entire state space like over yeah. and over and over again. Like, I definitely don't <laughs> want to do that. That was that was actually the biggest benefit of having the serial cable was you could actually just copy and paste in the in the text edit, you know? Like I made I think the first the big game I made was like um it was like a drug wars clone, but it was based on the fact that my high school had like I'm as I'm sure every high school did, but had like a ton of really serious clicks. And it was like drug wars, but about like all the clicks instead of like the gangs. Like it was like the third floor goths and here's like you have to go and here's like the fifth floor magic kids you have to like go request something from the magic kids and do stuff like that and it like made its way around school a little bit and i was like wow this is cool <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> like, I'm a game programmer if, if you want to talk about constraints like that was like a pretty constrained programming environment what about the web what was your first web experience that was really early. I was I had Gopher access and like web access through and a Lynx browser through a uh, connection that we had through a local university through my middle school library. So you could go and get a university uh, email address, and it was a Vax uh, Unix system, and I know that because it had the like they used to give you the address. That was like the machine that you would log into, like yeah. it was vaxc.hofstra.edu. So there was vax A and B and C, and that was like where my account space lived, and I would log into that and do stuff there, and I could get email there. And uh, yeah, I would log on to that and use um, a whole bunch of stuff. It was really cool, because it was a Linux environment. It had all that stuff installed. Yeah. Um, so it had links, and I saw the pre-visual web and all all that stuff. It was really, it was crazy. I mean, Gopher was really fun and news groups were really cool. That was my first exposure 
to the internet internet but we had done bb i had seen bbs stuff before that which was funny because i was literally like caught like a guy around the corner from us had a bbs and we would like call him up and if it like wasn't working we would like go over there and be like what's going on he's like oh my mom's on the phone i can't run the bbs right now (laughs) what about you when's the first time you like saw something or encountered something unexpected like through through that medium what, what do you remember about that i i also got i saw i remember seeing library like the, our public library system and logging onto that and being like oh i could like buy a like get a book through this thing and not have to visit somewhere and that was kind of like a mind-blowing thing there was this commercial i think it was for like american express or something like that and it's still stuck in my head. I still have dreams about this. This is like kind of disturbing. But it was like this American Express commercial. I was really into comic books at that time too. And it's like this kid at like a garage sale or something like that. And he had like this guy walks up to him and is like looking through. I, I remember it's correctly like looking through comic books. And he's like, do you have Spider-Man issue one or something like that? And he's like, hold on a second. And then he like goes on this fax machine and like faxes someone like from like outside and then the guy like faxes back a copy of like the cover of Spider-Man one. He's like, "Yeah, I do." And I was that that image of like like this kid being able to like hustle comic books basically on the street with a fax machine was like I don't know that always stuck in my head as like being like wow like the power of the the internet you know that you could you could do that but it was still like fax machines and shit like that too. I remember with the links or whatever system that they had for logging into the library, I checked out that first book about HTML 1.0 from the library that was like, you know, it was only like 300 or maybe even less. It was like 150 pages long because HTML 1.0 basically had nothing in it. And I remember being like, whoa, like this is insane. Like you could visually make something that someone else could see through their computer like and it's really easy and i remember like, that's really cool yeah i remember like checking like building my first website and showing it to my parents on like whatever netscape 1.0 on just on the local you know opening up the file and viewing it or whatever being like wow i made this you know even though it was like a blink tag and like you know it's like a like the classic <laughs> hello world thing and then geocities came around and that was like that was that that I think that was like the first thing that really like completely blew my mind that oh I could like have space on the internet that's my own and do whatever I want with it that was like super mind-blowing for me and I I mean I did really ridiculous stupid stuff with it that (laughs) I like probably hope that no one googles and finds now because it's super embarrassing Yeah, what about food? What what was your what's your first what, what's like your most memorable first food experience? I would say like what what made you think, you know, there's something more than just Elios or whatever? The Elios thing makes it funny because the the first thing that I, you know, I I realized really young that like food was really connected to these celebrations that my family had and these like moments and times where everyone got together and so it wasn't 
like it was right in front of me that that was the case right sometimes we put it all together and we spend three days making a meal that everyone's going to come together and eat and I was really interested I love the food that my mom and my grandma's made like for those meals so I uh, always anticipated them coming around and you know knew that each holiday throughout the year had its special dishes that they made that and I had my favorites of each of those kinds of things and so it was literally like the way that we celebrated it was like the centerpiece of all of of that whole process of uh you know be, being religious to an extent but at least celebrating getting together and you know c- celebrating each other and celebrating life and all that kind of stuff so uh the day-to-day joy of cooking and eating i didn't acquire until later in life you know because <laughs> what what my parents could afford slash you know uh manage to put together was usually pretty humble and good and i had my favorite things of that stuff too but um i didn't really get into it beyond like a it it, there was a high barrier of entry for me for for a long time i you know we had pretty similar upbringings but there's you know my dad was the cook in the family or is still is the cook out of my parents my mom cooks a little bit but my dad is like the primary cook and he has like a very constrained repertoire, I would say, <laughs> to say it nicely. I mean, he what he makes is great and I love um, still to this day, matzo balls and his turkey and everything like that. But yeah, it definitely wasn't it wasn't like a very wide range of, of foods or food groups even. And what we when we would explore, it would be like takeout and, you know, going out and stuff like that. And the story I always tell is like my first like eye-opening experience about food was we um, we were in, we went to Seattle as a family. We would we would basically travel every year. It's kind of funny now because as a you know an adult and a programmer, I travel at all these conferences, and now I have a kid and I bring my kid to these conferences. And that's basically what my parents did. They went to like my mom had a conference every year. We would go wherever wherever she went. And so one year, I'm pretty sure I was eleven. We went to Seattle for the for the for, uh, convention, and we were mainly on our own then. But we would go out to dinners with my with my parents, and we went to this place, ironically called the Brooklyn in Seattle. I don't know if it's still there, but it was called the Brooklyn. My parents would make salmon like for us, like most a lot of Friday nights. My mom's a vegetarian or a pescatarian, so she eats fish, but she wouldn't, you know. So we don't we didn't have like roast chicken or stuff on Friday night for Shabbos. We would have like a piece of salmon that my dad would get in Chinatown. So I ate a lot of salmon growing up, and then we went to this place in Brooklyn, and they brought out this King Alaska salmon poached in butter, right? It was like butter poached salmon. I remember, like, looking at it and being like, wow, this looks good, you know, but, you know, from the outside, I don't think, it's hard to make fish look that much different from, you know, from each other. So the salmon looked, like, it looked a little better than the salmon my, my dad made and but I the first bite like I broke into it and one bless his heart my dad is great at a lot of things but they 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 are well done eaters I would say everything <laughs> everything has to be very well done that's their palate and so when I broke into the flesh of this fish and it like just broke apart like so cleanly but it was the like the juices and the fat and the butter like all just still in there and took a bite of it like I still remember that feeling of being like, what is this? Like, this is not, this is not, this is not the same thing that I have 
at home and it just like it was so mind-blowing like it really felt like something something otherworldly and i still i still remember like the flavor of that fish and when we got home <laughs> i was like dad make fish like that <laughs> so I was like, why are you why are we eating anything else but this this fish so he like they tried they you know put some butter on the fish and it never it never was the same thing um but yeah i think that that was like this moment when i realized like things could be like you could there were flavors that i hadn't experienced before and i wanted to find out more basically but same thing it wasn't until i was basically an adult that i really got to got to do that yeah i mean it's that's such a cool illustration of the transformative properties that cooking has on the ingredients yeah, right exactly. it's like things things can be treated so differently <laughs> yeah i mean we we adventured a lot outside of the house too and uh i used to go out with my dad into the city to get you know chinese food and italian food and polish food and uh that was always those were always good bonding experiences and yeah but it, it is it is funny it's like uh with programming and with food both um how they sort of uh, had it. They had introductions in my life very early on, but I waited a really long time before I got really interested in the in both of them. And uh, there's something uh, nice about kind of having this really long stretch of kind of casual involvement in something that you can look back on. You know what I mean? It's like it's just funny to be able to. It's nice to be able to appreciate the incidental. Um, interactions that you have with something early in your life that ends up kind of defining at least a part of your life some sometime later yeah i mean i think both of us as parents now i'm sure you have this thought too of like you know what what are the things that i do and introduce my kids to that are gonna affect how they are later in life and i don't think my dad or mom would ever have thought that you know, oh, we'll bring this K-Pro into the house and Aaron will be a programmer or we'll bring this, like, we'll go to this, like, nice restaurant in Seattle and that will, like, be the one memory of Aaron's childhood that he remembers. Not, like, the multitude of birthday parties or gifts that we gave him, but, like, just the, the freaking king salmon and poached in butter, you know. Probably the one food that that I used to go out with my dad to eat. We used to do this one-two combo of like going out to eat Polish food in the East Village and then going to Venero's to get a cannoli for dessert right around the corner. And we used to just always pretty much get the same thing, pierogies and uh, like a veal cutlet sandwich on pumpernickel bread, tomato, and lettuce. We should just basically share a sandwich and a order of fried pierogies and then go around the corner and get and get cannoli. And that's what my dad always told me. He's like, that's what that's what eating in the city is all about. It's <laughs> like, you know, when the, he used to tell me, like, when I first started dating your mother, that's what we used to do. Get, you know, Chinese food for dinner and cannoli for dessert. And, you know, that's why we that's why we <laughs> struggle to live here so we can do things like that. <laughs> That was fun. We'll do this again soon. A little bit about food and a little bit about computers. Every time we'll see how see how well properly we can constrain ourselves. Mm-hmm.